It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversation. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Call it whatever you like. All I know. Is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing? It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Intimate and intuitive conversations with epic humans who are disrupting the status quo and living a life with stereo untypical success. Hello and welcome to the Hedonistic Way at Midday Show. I am Renee Main. And this glorious human, her words don't wash over you like silk. They make you lean in and listen. You want to read them twice because you want to make sure that you really get it because you can feel how powerful they are. She's upping your worth and through her soul consciousness and the codes that we all carry, she activates them in you. She would say that your codes are your currency and she is making sure that you are cashing them in in the most luxurious way. She is reconciling our relationship with time. She is the celestial elixir of soul language and sensory technology. She is the dark wonderland guiding you to your multidimensional universe and she is walking life like it's this infinite red carpet, only it's not for show. It's in every single fibre of her being. I welcome to the show Tia Marie. Hello, beautiful. Hello. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> I'm blushing. That was that was amazing. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. That's okay. Something that I really loved about you, and that's really what I leaned into, is you know, you talk about the luxury mind. And for me, I know when, um, you know, when I began to speak about the hedonistic way and spirituality and talk about all of these taboo things like sex and how it's all interwoven and interconnected, right? But a lot of people would say that it was overindulgent, it's self-indulgent. And, you know, and then I was saying yesterday in a, in a meeting, you know, um, at one point people would, um, someone called me the Marie Antoinette of spirituality because it was just this <laughs> extreme perception of what hedonism is. So I love that you talk about the luxury mind and you talk about how you, you know, ultimately, you know, how you dress, how you show up, how you choose. So tell me, how did you come up with this luxury mindset and why is it so important? What I started to, so I've, I've probably been formulating and like really focusing on connecting to the concepts that I'm talking about now for the past two years. And like you said, kind of walking the red carpet, the way that I learned about them was by living them and then immersing myself in, in like every kind of field of creation that I could see in front of me 
as if it was like real tangible magic. So words and concepts. And I began to understand like what's available to us by adding that extra element to everything that I see saw around me. And, and that's when I started to feel the power of of these kind of fields. So luxury was a field that I just became really interested in. When I started to pay attention to, you know, in the consciousness space or in the online space, or just even in shopping, in human, you know, consumption and consumerism, how, you know, there's this idea around luxury. But if we really explored what this field was about, it, <laughs> It's, it's very similar to me, to the range of nothingness and everything that one would project upon or in it, your own desires about how you want to live your life, how you want to feel, the kind of bliss you want to feel. Like, you know, do you feel like you live in luxury? And you can literally feel that way with, you know... <laughs> with with some wonderful body lotion or a handbag that costs you $500,000. I mean there it doesn't matter. And so what I began to understand was that coaches and um online spiritual entrepreneurs were perpetuating these these states of luxury around status or you know, where one might end up if they had the money to pay for these high-end packages and stuff like that. And what I thought was funny was I was like, they're just selling you a, they're just selling you their, a lifestyle. They're selling you an outfit that you want to put on. It's a persona, it's an identity, and it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. So what we really want is to live with a mind that understands what limitlessness is. And that means that I'm not bound by the rules of my own experience, but yet that's what we're all doing. So once I started to, you know, I take a lot of things with a little bit of a chuckle, you know, because it's just <laughs> life is funny and the in and things, um, you know, when you really start looking at them, it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so silly, you know. <laughs> uh, I got sold, you know, and and so I started to think, like, what actually matters here? And for me, what matters is is living a life or or having a mind that can live outside of limitation and explore the expansive nature of the soul. And I feel that that range of motion connects back very well with the idea of luxury. Yeah. Yeah. I really love where you're taking it. And the question that kind of arises in me is I'm really curious to know about when you do this work, the unfolding of like the the luxury 
kind of let's say the luxury mindset or even like anything tangible that's luxury I'm assuming there's gonna be a whole lot of people who are like I don't need that I'm not worthy of that can I do I have the capacity to hold that so like it's that is you know am I enough and all that enoughness does that come into the conversation and then how can people begin to understand that luxury doesn't mean and this field that you're talking about that's available to us it doesn't mean that it's like the icing on the cake it Mm -hmm. is the actual cake if that makes sense so what would you say for those people who are like yeah do I need it like is it this extra bonus or is it actually just the real freaking thing that I need yeah um if you are searching for a way to live um and experience your life and you don't feel satisfied with the boxes which is why i love the shopping analogy i mean i'm such like a i i I always wondered when my obsession with shopping as a teenager was gonna like pay off off. (laughs) yeah because i kind of gave it up you know like i was just like oh it's too much you know i'm gonna grow up But now I'm like, ooh, this is why. (laughs) But it's like, if you don't like the box that you were given, um, you're not going to find it anywhere else. That's what I have. That's what I have come to realize. It's not about luxury being something that you don't need. The fact is, is that if you don't reconcile in yourself, what you need and don't need and replace that with understanding pure desire, um, you're always going to be sold to your needs. Your needs are going to be sold to, which means that you, you don't get out of that kind of survival mode from a, from a soul pr- perspective. Yeah. I think that you really speak to then, you know, you speak, you spoke then about the needs versus, you know, you're constantly just serving what you need and not your desires. Mm-hmm. What does that, what would that transition look like in any moment in a daily action or thought or whatever that is? What would be the difference? You know, it's interesting that you asked because what I have, what I realized for me was that Um, I had to, I had to reconcile a couple things inside myself first before this was available to me. And the first one was that I was living inside like a collective default program. So what I mean by that is that, you know, the rules and the perceptions that I had of myself were, were just like a collective agreement that I hadn't really thought about or considered. And then the second thing that I had to get out of was this idea of like success and failure markers. So what I call kind of like the rules of the race. So like, if you can imagine that, you know, you're kind of like propping yourself up and you're like, you know, people say the matrix or whatever, that's not quite how I see it, but it's a little bit like that. It's just like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm part of this like collective agreement and that's not actually what's happening. So I'm going to like, step out of that. And then the next thing I need to do, which connects back to this, what you said about reconciling time, Mm 
the next thing I need to do is realize that I'm not actually racing against anybody else. So like I'm, there is no rat race actually. (laughs) So, so like there, I'm the only one that wins. I'm the only one that ever wins. And anyone who's in a track next to me, they're the only ones that win. And based upon that, making those two, um, you know, kind of like bold moves in my own awareness helped me to break free from the things that kept pulling me back into a state of, of need, internal need that made it so that I no longer had, or the choices were not available to me, um, Mm -hmm. to think otherwise. So then after I dealt with that, then I realized that you can explore a field of, of awareness or content like a luxury mind and understand what it truly means and define it. And then in any moment, you can be in opposition to anything that would say otherwise be only because of the strength of your own internal knowing. Cause so it starts to become really easy. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's, I, um, like I get the depth in which you speak to this, which I find really exciting. And, but this word that just keeps on coming up is the reconciliation and that reconciling of time. So I want it because like, so what's going through my head is like, you know, I'm thinking about the term, you know, like we reconcile books at the end of the day, like the accounts and in a business and they have to balance and it's out of whack and stuff like that. So I'm finding myself just naturally leaning into that. Okay. What do people need to understand about time to begin this reconciliation process? Well, that's so that's so interesting. It, it is really the reconciliation is is the ego yeah. analyzing data. So people like to talk about ego all the time and they say, oh, that's just your ego talking. And that's just, you know, you've got a lot of shadow and all this. And I feel that ego is mere is simply a data processing unit that literally just takes in all the data that's coming to you mm-hmm. and which there's a ton mm-hmm. and and then reality checks so it says who am i in opposition to or in relation to what i see out there it's yeah. that it's that simple there's no um there's no like 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 deep web, but there's not all this drama. There's not all this human drama around it. If our ego actually has the ability to reconcile data correctly, because we understand that we're not part of that default program. And because we understand that we're not winning and losing in these failure and success markers, then time no longer, we're not wasting our time. We're not going to like ask ourselves constantly in relation to our impending death. (laughs) The death that's coming that we're trying to avoid. Are we, are we, are we a failure? Have we failed in our use of time? And then all this pressure. So there's just so much pressure 
from the outside, from the, the collective reality versus what the soul knows. Yeah. So the soul is like, I don't know about time. I don't care about time. I can do whatever I want right now. As soon as I think it, it's easy, right? And then there's the human that needs to catch up, like needs to like take take the walk, you know, go through the process. And that, that tug and pull, we mistake that a lot for failure, you know? And then when we have these um, constructs like time, which time is good. Time serves a purpose. It helps us, you know, schedule. We have biorhythms, you know, there's all that, there's cycles, but there's a part of it that is, um, that is meant to, or not meant, but has function to, <clears throat> to weigh down the, the freedom of the And we are back for take two. So, um, so we you were talking about the um, reconciliation of time and what that means. So, um, I would love for you to, you know, just delve back into that if you can remember where you where you dropped off. Yeah. So I was, I think where I dropped off is that I was saying, you know, I was talking about how the ego collects data and the human until you apply a different perception is always running this analysis through fear and lack. Um, just, just for protection, you know, we have to kind of like be our buddies, you know, and be like, Hey man, it's, I get it. It's cool. Like, come on, come on, come with me. Um, when it comes to like our, the way that we perceive things, um, what I cover in some of my work around this topic, which is specifically about the rat race and time is I talk about how love is the swerve. So I really see it as like, it's a program called Pole Position, which is talks about how, um, you know, the position where you start the race. So it's a car racing term. Um, what I realized is like, we're, we're the vehicle, right? So we have to learn how to drive. We have to learn how to drive a new vehicle. And what happens when we're racing against time or we're racing against our own perceptions or our own fears, failures, somebody else, a comparison, um, the version of us that we knew five years ago that we can't let go of, like all of these things. Um, is that what happens is that, you know, truly love becomes the swerve. So, you know, there's an obstacle that comes in front of you. This is how people really quantum leap. What The way that you master time is when time no longer punishes you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't punish you for failure. And it also, um, it, it gives the malleable space inside time for you to speak beat up and do a lot really fast. Um, And we replace that with respect for our own inner rhythm. So uh, we learn to listen to our bodies and do what our bodies need. And that is part of the love aspect. You know, that's like the self-love, self-care, self-respect. But it also happens when, you know, you're on the track and you're racing and you see, you know, something come up in front of you that's an obstacle 
what many people do or what we do is like we stare at that and we obsess <laughs> we obsess about it yeah. and we just like white knuckle and just go straight for it um the the way that love becomes the swerve is when you realize that you are you know you can rely on your senses in those moments that you can understand that you're actually on a track so it's more fun if there's boulders and cracks in the road like what's the problem you know all those things um and all of that again is is really about it's about love and and faith bliss trust you know those types of things which are all, all like the higher fields the higher frequencies of love that we we need to be in in order to master time yeah yeah so what does that then have to do with our soul language and the sensory technology that you speak to that has to do with um that we're getting messages from from our soul uh all the time and it doesn't speak english it, it you know these messages can come as forms of memories colors you know they're found in our in our sense they're found in um you know many aspects of our expression here and so what happens when we move communication from the brain to the heart through memory and emotion um, and also through the senses then we awaken a new language inside of ourself that is multi-sensory multi um wise, you know, multi uh, faceted, multi yeah. full spectrum communication really is yeah. what it's about. Yeah. And that's like, so what I love about that and what came to mind then was really the importance of this, you know, because I, like when you were talking just before about time and what that means, you know, because there's the real softness and compassion to how you show up to life you know, when, when you really begin to understand this work that you speak to. So then when you were talking about the sensory journey, you know, a lot of the time in the spiritual industry or even in personal development, you know, we say, you know, like a lot of, say a lot of sensitive people can't function in shopping centers or can't function in different because the energy is, is too intense. Mm. And in personal development, you know, they would say, only show up in circles into in which that is a like frequency or like-minded or mm -hmm. you know and this kind of flavor but what I'm really getting when you speak to this is there's an honoring of all the flavors and then no matter where you are in the life or in this race as you uh -huh. as you speak to that there's a language in the code that's available mm -hmm. to us so like for me what I'm getting is that's the luxurious part right is because right. what is available to us is so much more and I think if we're not giving ourselves permission to enter into these real life scenarios and things then we're missing out on this soul language Mm -hmm. and the activation of this technology that that you speak to so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And we are, we're robbing ourselves of, of, of magic. That's how I see it because there is no right way or wrong way to be. Um, But what I have learned is that inside every limitation, every struggle, every rough day, every, you know, rose petal, you know, every beam of sunshine, whatever it is, like every bit of that has either, um, you know, it's like there is either bliss or luxury or love or self um, realization, like self-appreciation, or there's the same thing except for you're orienting against an energy because it's telling you who you are and who you are not. And I think that's the problem with spiritual uh, development and self-help and kind of like where I differ and kind of, you know, I don't, I don't spend my time calling people out, but I just, it's not about that, but I just don't, I see things differently. It's like, uh, there are so many wasted opportunities trying to heal and alchemize or transform instead of mastering the truth underneath. Like what are the, the real root codes so that all that stuff that gets stacked up on, on top of it, um, I can choose to enroll in that story or not. And, and if we don't care a lot about human drama, we, we don't choose to enroll. I mean, at some level, we just don't. It's just about exploration and learning. Yeah. 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 With that, like, you, and you spoke to it early before about, you know, like the drama and, you know, we, it's a choice to enroll in the drama and, you know, that, that dark matter and all of this thing that, you know, um, that can be feel really alive how how can people make the choice to not subscribe to that drama anymore and how does how is it then that it just does, dissolves so this is just my experience yeah. <laughs> What I found was a template that is um, kind of like the antidote to the victim triangle. Uh, And so, you know, the victim triangle would always in any position say that, you know, something is happening to me um, or I have to go do something to save somebody or, um, you know, or you know, somebody's being mean. And so it's just, it's just such fodder for human drama. I mean, it's, it's really perfectly designed because when we're in it, there is a lifetime of things to fix and heal and get pissed off about and um, create problems and density, um, energetic density. And I really started to think about, okay, well, what is, what is act what does actually fix this what actually fixes this because what i see a lot of is people talking about it with no solution or creating new 
contrived strategies um, of the same thing. So it's like, it's like an ascended version of the same problem. And it sounds really good and it looks better because, you know, now I'm not the, now I'm not the, um, the persecutor, I'm the healer. Right. But then it's like, heal, healing who, who, who yeah. said, you know, who asked you, why do you got to heal somebody? You know, you're just doing the same thing. It's just like a higher version. So I started to really muse on this for myself. And what I, what I realized, what I discovered was that it's all an issue of self provision. So at the root root, we have a very simple creation template, which is just the mother, the mother, the father, and the child. And the way that you heal that in yourself is to understand and give so you com you communicate with your heart and you give full energetic and um, and like creative support to the self in any moment through those those three those three structures. So the child um, is inherently wise and full of magic. The mother protects what she creates. The father never abandons what he creates. And there's this process that you go through. And what you find is that when you, because we were born in physical, basically into like an organic program, an organic technology, we were born as a soul and we get to see how this program operates in physical reality. Yeah. <laughs> and that what we see always comes up short. It just does, you know, cause it's not, it's not a pure essence. And so I hope this answers, I hope I'm not rambling, but my point is, is that um, when, as once you realize that you're fully provided for by the, by the home, you become the home. So yeah you become the host of miraculous expression. That's what I call it in my program. When you're the home, there's just not a lot of human drama to enroll in because we're not watching these soap operas of our lives. Like there just is no, there, the, we're not, there's no compelling uh, bait that gets dangled after a little while. And what happens instead is that you cultivate your emotions because you want to, and you just create, you just focus on creating. Yeah. What's in this phase, like, you know, and cause I'm thinking about, you know, you just get to create and co-create and come home. What happens then, or does it even happen for you is, do you have these feelings that creep within where life tries to grip, you know, yep. grip you and you, whatever it is for you, you know, like it's whether it's a, abandonment issues or worthiness issues or like whatever, whatever it is, what do you do then to come back home? Yeah. So I, I mean, I still experience <clears throat> struggles all the time. I mean, yeah. every day there's, there are things that show up more and, and the way I see them now is they present themselves to be, to be um, transformed. So what I do is I see 
all of my frustration as a step before a next level. So um, instead of being like, <laughs> oh, I'm so frustrated, oh, you know, I'm just like, ooh, sweet, I'm about to get there, you know? So I do that. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I use the, the tools that I, that I share and I teach. So um, I, I allow myself to be supported inside myself. I remember to connect to my inner rhythm. I remember to perceive life the way that I perceive life. So there's, you know, there's quite a few tools. Another big one that I do often is um, work to distill or neutralize energy um, like by, by discovering what the opposing force is in, in any situation and then give myself that. Um, <clears throat> because a lot of the reactions that we have are, are the way I see them, just trying to like chemically react and then come back to a neutral state. <laughs> yes, I agree. So I, I try to give myself that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that can be really easy. Like that's, I, you know, I, I, uh, in, the, in the internship, we talk about polarity and the law of polarity. And that's something that I think opposites are a big gift and just identifying what that opposite is. Like it's this instant just calmness that happens, which is readily available to us and so easy. So yeah. it's, you know, it's just it quick, it's quick. So, which is really cool. I'm curious to know, like, I get the sense that your ability to see things really differently and, you know, I get the, I'm trying to think, the, <laughs> the word stubborn come to mind. I'm like, no, that's not the word. But it's, you know, you're, you feel very unwavering and strong and determined in your path in terms of what's available to you and how you see everything I feel like this has been with you for a really long time so I'm curious as to just like how you navigated that space and did you feel different <laughs> you know and how did you you know how did you like um and the oh you could be like Renee you're totally wrong so but if it's at such a young age I would imagine that you feel quite separated so how did you deal with that for being different um yeah this is I I've said this before so I'm chuckling this is like my first memory this feeling um it it to me feels and was always just like ludicrous to me, like when I was young, that I would um, freak out about, you know, what somebody else thought. And, you know, I'd see this in my girlfriends in high school. Probably this is one of the moments that it stuck out where I was just more aware of it was, you know, all of the girls that would be talking about the boys and, ooh, let's go sit over there by the boys. And like, does he like me and blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like, who fucking cares? Like, I'm going to eat lunch right here because I want to. If they, you know, if somebody wants to talk to me, they'll talk to me. Like, so yes, um, I've been accused of being an introvert. I've been accused of being antisocial. 
back of the house, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Um, I lost, I lost this for a very long time. Um, probably from the age of high school until around 35. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't confident, but I had no true, I had no connection to my true self anymore. Um, and interestingly enough, it's part of my story, but, and the reason why I'm, I'm paying attention now, because I was, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was, <clears throat> I had, you know, stress, you know, like PTSD. I had, um, you know, ADHD. I had all the things that people mm. said that, that, you know, I had, I had like major issues, um, and was just miserable inside. And this was because my natural ability <laughs> to create was replaced with, um, you know, hustle and grind and a really mis not misguided because it's all part of the path, but it was just like, I just knew, I just knew how to get what I want and work really hard. And so I did that in many ways for, you know, a couple decades of my life, um, in all the ways that I, that I ate and fed in on myself instead of actually understanding what was going on. Mm. So, uh, you know, it was a wake up call when I, when I just couldn't op I just couldn't exist like that anymore. Yeah. I'm finding that's really common that, you know, these say gifts, if you will, like, and this way of thinking or feeling or whatever it is, is, you know, very alive when we're younger and then we lose them and then we remember them. So I can't help but feel, you know, and you touched on it just, just when you spoke to it just then is like, you know, we... I'm trying to think of the words again. We bang ourselves. <laughs> we beat ourselves up. That's what I was trying to say. For, you know, going off the path and forgetting. And it's that, and again, it's that feeling of like, oh, I've wasted so much time. Right. You know. Yep. Um, but then the more I speak to people, the more I realize that that off the beaten track plays such a massive role in our evolution yeah why can we not understand that and why do we spend so much time beating ourselves up for it um that's a good question I I really think it's because we don't understand chaos and creation we don't understand the way creation works if we did then we wouldn't ever be in opposition to anything in our life Truly, um, we would things become really simple. We we get to choose. Uh, we we experience what we experience. Other people, so like you know, we're responsible for our part, but we can't control other people. So, you know, they'll bring our their bubble over into our space, and you know, maybe they're super annoying. Maybe it sucks. Who knows? But you know, we'll just be like, ooh, I'm gonna learn something from that, and then we we choose something else. Um, I think it has a lot to do with what you said about wasting time, which is why I feel it's so important to understand that, that we're, we're never wasting time. 
Um, but we, we perceive that because of this luxury mind, because the luxury mind most natural state is to, to explore the expanse of these polarities that you were talking about. So it's like a, it's like a, um, a ruler or, you know, like little, little teeny marks of, of gauging yeah. an experience. So it's always going to do that. Um, but what happens is, is often there comes a point in the exploration of a polarity where it no longer serves its purpose to our soul, but we can't get off it because we don't know how. Um, and so when I talk about coins or codes, I'm talking about exploring and then like collapsing it and then flipping it, like flipping the coin, choosing. Yeah. Uh, so we can have less of the roller coaster and more of the intentional ride. Uh, I think that's a really big part of it. And the other part is that if we are going through all of these things because we're trying to get to the place where we get to luxuriate and relax, yes. <laughs> which is the whole thing in, in and of itself. Yeah. And yeah. it's taking too long and we're not giving it to ourselves now, yeah. then yeah. we're not happy. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And that's, you know, I think we're having this conversation um, yesterday come up in terms of, you know, the markers. And the more I speak to you, you know, it's that, you know, removing those markers. And if, you know, you've been in business for a while and then you see you start at the same time as someone else and then, you know, if they're further along or if you're further yeah. along and the, you know, I guess all of the emotions then that can arise in that um but when you speak, you know, it's that honoring that everyone has their own timeline, mm -hmm. you know, and um, what would you, there's two questions that I want to ask is what, what would you say to the people who are feeling like they've been at it for a really long time and when is, when are they going to get to that luxurious place that you speak of, um, you know, if they're feeling like it's never going to happen, what would you, what would you say to them? Hmm. I would, well, I would say that you can always cultivate a luxury mind or a mind that is free, a, a state of being that is free and forgiving and has yeah. self-respect. Self-respect yeah. is everything. Um, for me, self-love isn't even a thing. It's like self-respect is self-love. When you respect your own energy, uh, you show up for yourself in different ways and you respect your journey, like you said. So if you can do that first, it, it will reduce the density or the layer of frustration in you that is distracting you from other options. So that's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing I would say is that there, there is validity to confusion 
when you're looking in the wrong places, when you're comparing with yourself to other, <laughs> other people, other leaders, when you are, and you don't understand what that's for. Yeah. Um, so I, I say that like frustration is like lives under the skin of, of the human and it comes from the soul because it's trying, it's actually communicating with us. So we wouldn't feel frustration if we weren't ready to like become something else. So we can't just be frustrated at being frustrated. Like we have to take these things and, and create usefulness out of them, create skills from them. And then I would say, you know, ask yourself, are you listening to yourself or are you trying to, to create a version of yourself because of something outside of you that's defining who you are? And my position is that ultimately for me, everything that is presented to me, like astrology, you know, human design, gene keys, da, 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 like any frame out there. I, I could take it or leave it when it comes to who I really see myself as. So I see a lot of people get really wrapped up in definitions of who they are based on these external, these are collective agreements. These are real old, you know, this is old things. So yes, they can accentuate you, but, but ultimately you have to find uh, your own navigation system. <clears throat> And that's just my position. So it's like, I would say, look at those things. Like, are you really lost in, in an identity? Are you really like going into frustration and self-comparison? Are you respecting yourself? Are you loving yourself? Are you making it like, are the stakes so high, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really sovereign, right? And just honouring that sovereignty and that's I love what you speak to about self-respect and self-love and that's um, I wrote an article years ago is because you know we talk about self-love like it's this easy thing to do but for me it's not the starting point it's the end point you mm -hmm. know and it really begins with self-respect self-awareness mm -hmm self-acceptance you know right. all of these other versions of self that then accumulates into this beautiful thing that is love right. but it's, right. it's definitely not the starting point and I think that's can often feel very far away and unobtainable when you're when you're there yeah well and especially if people are telling you that it's you know taking a bath every day yeah Yes. Yeah, like, oh, what's your self-love practice? Yes. <laughs> you know, You're like, yeah, I'm taking a bath, but I don't feel different. Like, we need better, yeah, we need better goal, like, guidelines for this, I feel. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When you speak to um, the, you know, when you're on, on the, I'm trying to think, the merry-go-round, you know, you were talking just a little bit earlier about being on the merry-go-round and taking that, you know, stepping off the merry-go-round, say, and then, you know, or out of the rat race and then into this, this luxury mind. Um, what will, like, because I feel like, you know, in that time, there can be a lot of 
questioning, like, you know, and that's, I want this, but I don't want this, you know, it's this, is this obtainable to me? Is this the, my next right step? What are some of the things that someone watching going, oh, this sounds really cool. Like, am I ready? Like, what are some of the questions that they might be asking themselves or some of the feelings that will be alive in them right now? Mm, there is a, I believe that there's a frustration that soul, like there's a certain frequency of, of person that I'm talking to. Yeah. I really see that we're, we're in this multiverse right now. It's kind of like choose your adventure. Yeah. You know, if you want to do the alien thing, you can do the alien thing. If you want to do like the, the dark thing, you can do, it's up to you. What I'm interested in is a really specific tone of uh, about the divine human standing up and and achieving mastery and profound states of balance and magic here on earth. That's all I care about. And so I feel that people who have that calling are ones that have like tried all the things you know, tried all the modalities, um, you know, really feel like they have a big mission here. There are people who are like, you know, like downloading a lot of consciousness frames. So there's a lot of architecture and structure that, that I connect to. Um, There are people who are looking for like optimal output. So, you know, I, I really see this as like tech, our technology is, was first presented to us, the, the capability or the, the upgrade through actual technology. And now, now we are going to do this inside of ourselves. We are going to, to reach this level of full spectrum efficiency, full use of of the organic human technology, like full use, all of it, like no part of it is, is wrong, you know, like the ego and the mind, like we're not, we're not fighting the system. Um, So there are people who just have this sense of something's a little off here, you know, like, (laughs) like I know I have access to, to massive power, um, I know it's in there somewhere. I know that I am not all of these things that people present. I try them on and, and they give me a little bit, but then eventually I'm like, nope, that wasn't the thing either. Like that's the way it feels. And there are people who just aren't going to stop. Like, you're just not going to stop. You're not going to stop searching. That's what I say to people who, you know, get in coaching containers with me or they'll be like, Oh, but I'm just afraid. I'm like, listen, we're, you're not going to stop. Just stop. Just stop worrying about it. You know, like just give it up. (laughs) You can try 10 more things and you're, you're still going to end up back here. So those are, those are the people that, that I think that I speak to. And also people who, um, you know, see that view themselves as multidimensional and really want to, you know, create wealth and money and, you know, leave, leave legacies behind. Like they, you know, we want to improve things for, for our children. That's how, that's how the the vibe feels to me. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. And that's, I really get a sense, you know, and you speak to this multi-dimensional, ver- not version, multi-dimensional selves. Um, what would you say to people that you think that often people don't understand about their multi-dimensional self? What would you say to them? That was the first realization that I had um, that to, to get me out, like that hit me regarding my misery. I, I realized that I was not paying attention to all of the aspects of, of who I was and that if I chose to create from that place, um, with such limited awareness of my my own like knowing and gifts that I was going to end up feeling the exact same way no matter what I created and it's kind of the same thing it's like the searching had the same exact tone as the creation they were they were writing the same line, no matter what I looked for, it felt the same. And no matter what I created, it felt the same. I was excited during the process of learning until I got to the thing. And then I was excited at the process of creating until I created the thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, that's because I'm only, I'm only aware of like two levels of my capacity. And this is just, it, it's never going to be enough for me. That's so true. It is, <laughs> it is so, so I say it all the time, like our, our ability to, you know, our, our ability to, you know, um, to surrender to what's all that's available to us is equal to that in which we receive, we intuit, we create. Like right. it's all this exchange and currency that, you know, like you would say. So I really love that. And um, I resonate with that deeply, deeply, deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we wrap up, what is turning you on right now? What I'm really excited about is this two things. One is um, I'm writing a book called Becoming Magic human magic for evolutionary upgrades. And I'm, I'm attempting to articulate these creation fields as I see them. And so, wow. you know, it, as you, as you said, like you leaned into the things that I said, I have, I have a equally as difficult a time <laughs> personally trying to explain it. So this is really exciting for me because I feel that Um, as I'm going through the process, it's going to unlock so much for me. The other thing that I'm really excited about is this concept of spiritual technology and the full, the full, full use of the multidimensional system. Um, I have been working with these, this concept of what I call divinios, which is the divine operating system. And I'm putting together like 10 functions of the full program. And I'm like, what I'm really excited about, I'm like, I can barely talk, is that all of these random things that I've been working on all over the place are all starting to kind of like click in and make sense. And I'm like, oh, ah, that's what I was, that was what that thing was seven years ago. And like, you know how, when you have that, like, um, 
it's like all the dominoes fall and it's really fun. That's what I'm going through right now. So those are the two, the two projects that I'm excited about. And I get excited when I hear um, other people in this space talk about the same things. Um, I'm excited about crypto. I'm excited about, uh, you know, people um, questioning reality, all those things. I mean, these are exciting times to me, actually. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be in this space. And, and uh, yeah, I just love being here. I love creating here. That's amazing. I'm so excited to just see where you're going with this. And I love what's unfolding for you right now and everything that you're offering. And I really love where you're taking it. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for being thank on you. the show and hanging out. And, you know, not just that, just thank you for doing this work and contributing to this space in such a dynamic and beautiful way. Like I feel like you've got this, this cornerstone that feels really beautiful and, um, you know, and I love that you're really flipping the lid on how we perceive luxury and that and mm. what it actually is and what's available to us. So I love where you're going with it and um, Thank you. enjoy dissecting it and as, as I know you will. But, yeah, thank you so much, Gorgeous. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for understanding and, <laughs> and all of the well wishes. I really, I really, really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Gorgeous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.